What's up? It's your girl, Podcast Bay. Yo, what's up? This is Sax B. And it's your girl, Asian A. My name is Hadusa Divine. You are tuning into Apparelips Podcast. Enjoy. Uh, All right, welcome back to another episode of Apparelips Podcast. I am your host, your favorite host, Podcast Bay. And I'm here with episode six with a very special guest, a music artist, a businessman, clothing designer, and a diehard OSU alumni. My guy, Mecca Don. That's up, that's up. Definitely, definitely, definitely. How you doing? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love it. Um, I think we kind of connected being OSU alumni. So what mm-hmm. year did you graduate? I know you graduated before me. 2002. Grown, grown man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I graduated in December, so I'm like, I'm a newbie. Okay. Well, welcome to the club. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to have you. <laughs> I know a lot probably has changed since you were there, so you yeah. definitely be a veteran when it comes to OSU. All definitely. right, so let's let's get into the music. Okay. All right. So first off, where can the people find you on social media? Yeah. Um. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, it's all the same. It's Mechadon Music, M-E-K-K-A-D-O-N Music. Uh, obviously, if you're on Spotify, um, Apple Music, Tidal, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to music, you can find me just under Mechadon. And uh, yeah, it's all there. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Y'all make sure y'all go check him out. So a couple of things I did want to talk to you about uh, with your music. I noticed when I was doing my research that you... I wouldn't necessarily put you in a box of genre, like as far as like one type of like genre, it would be more so various. Like I saw that you had some hip hop, you had some pop, you had some rock with the uh, the rock star song, which I thought mm-hmm. was dope. So yes. like, what goes into that? Because most people stay in their lane, like they might drift off into pop a little bit, but the fact that you kind of like spread your horizons out, like yeah. what made you decide to do that? Interesting. So growing up, I was, you know, I was a fan of all different types of music. Uh, you know, my, my parents are Nigerian. And so they, you know, some of the influence of music that I had growing up was, was, you know, African related or reggae related. Um, but then my brother, I'm the youngest of four, my brothers and sisters, they were into all different types of music, like George Michael, and obviously the Jackson five and Prince, and even some of the uh, rock bands, like the long hair rock bands and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. The music that I used to listen to growing up as a result of being the youngest in the household was just very, very diverse. And I took a liking to all different types of music. And ultimately, when I decided to kind of pursue music, uh, we started a band, my brother and I, and I was a drummer in the band. And in that band, we kind of played all different types of music, music that we, you know, you know, music that we enjoyed. Uh, We didn't feel like we needed to be kind of boxed in. And that's kind of what I think started my uh, career and, and music and my understanding of kind of what I wanted to be as an artist. Um, there were times when I felt more pressure to kind of narrow in and, and be something, you know, more singular or be something, you know, more that people could put into a box. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized um, one of my favorite artists is T- Tupac and and I looked at some of his music and yeah, and, and he's very, the thing that I love about him is that he, the content of his music Maybe not the style, but the content of his music is, is very different from song to song, mm-hmm. but they're all authentically him. And I think that's part of what made him so powerful. I mean, one, you know, song he's talking about smashing and the next song he's talking about, you know, uplifting black women. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like 
You can be uh, N-I-G-T-G-G-A to Brenda's got a baby. Exactly. And get up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Can I get around to dear mama? Like right. it's just, and so I realized like, you know, for me to be a great artist, I also had to kind of embrace my authentic self and, and the uh, diversity of who I am. Um, and that not just in terms of content, but also in terms of style. And so that is kind of what I think kind of drove me to be, um, to just create the music that's in my heart at the time. And if it doesn't fit into a certain box, then so be it. You know, I noticed that you had a lot of songs that I would play like before a game, mm. which I thought was super dope. You do not see that. And when I was going through your catalog, I'm like, oh, that's dope. Like they can play that, you know, pregame or like, um, during the game, halftime, something like that. Like you had a song about the Browns and like, I was like, that's so dope. Like you really do not see that. That's totally different. Yeah, I, uh, you know, so one of the things that I realized when I first started writing music um, was that, you know, as an independent artist, you have to figure out ways to make money, right? Like this is, it's cool to just, you know, write music and put out music, but ultimately if you want this to be your career, you have to figure out where the money is. Um, and, you know, you obviously want to do that without je trying to jeopardize the quality um, of your brand and the authenticity of your brand, but you do have to figure that out. And so one of the things that I figured out um, fairly early was music licensing, right? Which is, you know, when you, when you hear a commercial and you hear music in the background, like somebody's getting paid for that, you know? So I started figuring out that, you know, maybe I could start to use my connections um, and understanding of the sports industry and try to merge those two things. So that's when I started writing anthems for Ohio State, which were officially licensed. You know, the anthems you hear for the Browns are officially licensed anthems for the, from the actual organization um, are written over 10 songs for ESPN that have been licensed by ESPN. And, uh, and then I've had my own songs that are not like personal to ESPN, but personal to me that have been licensed by ESPN. And that to me has become kind of a very important part of my brand, uh, but also important part of the business aspect of things, right? So it's it's, I'm not saying I'm doing it just for the money. Obviously, I do it for teams and for situations that make sense to me. Right. Um, but I also realize that this is a business. And if I want to stay afloat and even fund other things that are more personal to me, then I have to figure out a way to make money. And so that's why if you go through my catalog, you'll see a lot of anthems and Buckeye anthems and Browns anthems and stuff like that. Those songs are all songs that have been able to be, be monetized um, through through partnerships which is dope and speaking of dope you got the still dope brand which yeah. i definitely i need to cop i think it was a hoodie or a jacket that you sent me yeah it was, yeah. It was a female model and when you sent yeah. it i was like that's like that's fire yeah so where did you come up with the inspiration for that as far as your clothing mm -hmm. brand sure so you know i from 2019 until pretty much the earlier or the mid of 2021, I had been kind of out of music. I got in a car accident, um, had to have foot surgery, and it was just knocked out of the game. Uh, and when I was coming back into music, you know, my, the first song I came up with was called Still Dope. And initially it was gonna be a song about me, like letting the world know like, yeah, you haven't heard from me for a while, but I'm still dope. And then as I started to think about it, I was like, man, Mecca, you didn't really get the message, did you? You know, the reason why God probably took you out of the game for so long was because he needed you to expand the way you're thinking about the way you're operating within this industry and you know um making sure that you're more inclusive and and nobody wants to hear from someone your age talking about i'm dope i'm dope let's let's include the people and so i realized i was like you know what 
I'm going to rewrite this whole song. Um, and this song is going to be kind of dedicated to the people. Cause if you think of all the things that we've gone through in the last couple of years, um, from protests to George Floyd to COVID and people dying and so on and so forth. I was like, this, this needs to be kind of an inspirational song and a reminder to a lot of people, if you're still standing and you're still fighting, you're still here, uh, you're still dope. And so that's what, what kind of birthed the inspiration of the song, which birthed the inspiration of the video. And as I was doing the video and, and, and putting together the storyboard and trying to direct the video, I, I decided that I wanted to have some merchandise um, for some of the models in the video to wear um, with the still dope logo, which was the logo from the song. And as I did, after I put the video out, people were hitting me left and right, like, yo, I need that sweater. I need that sweater. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, okay. You know, I didn't really necessarily think that I was going to start a brand um, from that. So, but then, I, you know, enough people hit me up that I was like, all right, let me, let me, let me try to figure this out. And um, so I started, you know, selling some of the merchandise and it just took off. And so I was like, all right this is part of my business now, you know, like this is how it's going to go. And it's great to me because um, it, it's not just, again, for me, I don't like, to, I don't do things just for the money. And anybody that knows me knows that, you know, I was working at a big law firm where I could be, be a multimillionaire just being a lawyer. And I left that firm because that wasn't where my heart was at. So I don't do things just for the money. Um, but I do also understand business and you have to feed your family. So um, the thing that was dope to me about this was that, yes, it was generating money, but it was also, a brand that I really, really believed in uh, and that I felt like was powerful and that people also felt powerful wearing it, that it represented them, not me. You know, they're not necessarily wearing it because they like me. They're wearing it because they like the brand and it makes them feel dope and feel powerful. And so um, that was kind of the inspiration for it and why I just probably will never stop with it because it just has so much, uh, so much appeal beyond just the song. Yes, and make sure you guys go on YouTube and check out the video. The video was super powerful. It had a lot of black excellence, a lot of empowerment for black people. Like there's a lot of history in it. Like I was really messing with it. So Thank you. definitely go check that out. Um, for your clothing brand, where can they find that at? So, so it's at shop.mechadonmusic.com. And please only go to that site. Uh, if you follow me, you might see that there've been like tons and tons of bootleggers right now on, online that are selling fake, still dope stuff. Um, oh, really? You know, Oh yeah, tons, tons. If you go online and you search still dope clothing and they even using my name, they're even putting Mechadon, official Mechadon still dope stuff and it's fake. None of it. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's a, it's flattering in one way because it's like, okay, you wouldn't do that with something that wasn't popping, right? But at the same time, it's, you know, it's it's annoying, but it's a cost of doing business. I mean, Gucci goes through the Nike, they all go through the same thing. So um, so the, the only place that I authentically sell it and where it's authentically sold is shop.mechadonmusic.com. Um, and also for the rest of the year, we have 20% off of everything on the site uh, with the code by 2021. So check that out if you get a chance. Okay, there you guys go. Everybody loves a discount. There you go, 20% off. Make sure you guys check it out. I'll make sure to drop it in the description. Um, I do want to transition into today's music. Sure. See how much you've been paying attention. So yeah. I'm not sure if you know, but um, yesterday was the official concert um, for Drake and Kanye West. Did you see that? I didn't. I didn't see it, but I know about it. The Larry Hoover, uh, the Free Larry Hoover concert. Yes. Did yeah. you see any snippets of it? I saw a little bit th this morning, um, but I haven't got it. You know, I like to like when I dive into things. I like to really dive in, so I haven't really got a full chance to dive in yet. 
All right. Well, some of the highlights, and I just want your opinion on it. Um, first off, what did you think about them two, uh, Drake and Kanye, that's been beefing for years now um, with the addition of Pusha T pretty much, you know, causing somewhat is like the big part of why they're into it. So what did you think when they finally came together for the concert? Uh, a couple of things. First of all, Jay Prince is one of my mentors. Um, and so Jay Prince, I've sat down with him a number of times and, you know, um, in Houston and in his condos and houses and ranches and stuff like that in Houston. We've talked a lot just about <clears throat> kind of the history of music and the future of music um, and knowing him. Uh, I kind of knew that at some point he was going to try to pull these two guys together because I think the thing that Jay realizes is that, well, first of all, he's all about respect. And Drake is kind of like his nephew, you know what I mean? So he's not going to let any disrespect get too too far out of hand. Uh, secondly, I think that he realized, you know, he's a businessman too. And I think he realized, like, listen, we're, we're bigger together than we are apart, you know? And um, so I'm going to do what I can to get you two together. And you guys don't necessarily have to like each other internally. Right. But in terms of what we put on for the world, we could actually do things and, and do something big together, you know? So from that standpoint, I wasn't surprised uh, to see it happen. I think without Jay Prince behind the scenes orchestrating, I don't think it would have happened because, um, you know, those guys are both have big egos and, um, you know, and they were hurt by different it things. Like somebody like that to pull them together. Like it couldn't just take anybody. Like no. it had to be a certain type of person and somebody with that type of respect, like they're yes. going to be like, okay. Like, right, exactly. So I think, so I thought it was cool, you know, and, um, you know, you never know what's, what all is going on behind the scenes. So I don't like to speak on certain things too much because a lot of times there are additional layers that we don't know, but, um, but I thought it's, I thought it was cool. And at the same time, you know, it's like, I'm not really a fan of Kanye anymore. Like, like I used to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, what does that do to that? Uh, just a lot of his kind of antics as as it relates to you know you know political his political antics you know even the conversation he had with my boy Van Latham when he was at TMZ about slavery and uh, some of the music he's put out and the, the whole Kardashian thing like it's just not my cup of tea you know what I mean like I feel like um, and I'm and I'm not I'm not mad at him you know I think he's entitled to do whatever and you know I know he's gone through other issues and. You never know how those things can affect someone. So it's not like I'm sitting here like judging him from the sideline. It's, it's just like, I'm just not a fan. Like when he releases music, I don't care, you know, anymore. Like I'm not checking for it, which is sad. Is it? The last one. What'd you say? You didn't listen to the last no, one? I don't, no, I didn't listen. No, I didn't listen to it. Which is sad because, you know, I was a big Kanye fan, you know, early on, obviously college dropout and, you know, graduation, all that type of stuff. I was a big, big fan and his production is, is unbelievable. And, this talent from a music perspective, I think is dope. Um, so it's just unfortunate, you know, but music is a very personal thing, you know, and I tell people a lot. Um, one of the things I learned about being an artist is like fans, I call them emotional investors. They're also, they're financial investors, but they're also emotional investors. And a lot of times, you know, we want to be, you know, when we're a fan of someone, we're a fan of almost all of them, right? How they move, how they dress, who, who the whole thing. Um, and so it's more than just, do you like the music a lot of times, especially nowadays with social media and everybody being everywhere. So, um, but I thought it was cool. Sorry to get back to your question. I thought it was cool and, and we'll see where it goes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So another big highlight that went viral is him singing the song and like specifically naming Kim Kardashian, his 
on to get off again, estranged wife. I don't know what they have going on right now. Who's allegedly with Pete Davidson. So he pretty much was, um, I don't know if you uh, watched him on Drink Champs, but he was like basically pleading for his family to get back together. Mm. Do you have any thoughts about that? That he's like kind of, I feel like he's like on his hands and knees in front of the world, like begging for this woman back that's allegedly, you know, in the whole yeah. situation. Well, you know, I, one rule that I kind of have generally um, publicly, when I'm speaking publicly, is I don't like to speak on people's family situations, right? No matter how public, even if they make it public. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I don't have opinions on it, but just generally speaking, I feel like um, there's so, especially when you have kids with somebody, you know, and, and you've built a life with somebody or at least had a, a, a planned a life with someone. Uh, I don't want to say anything goes, right? But I just feel like, you know, it's, I don't think it's, weak or anything like that to beg for your family back or try to get your family back or try to get that vision back of whatever it is that you had built up in your head. Um, I think it's sad, you know, especially if it's done in front of the whole world and, and you don't necessarily get the result that you're looking for. Um, but I think that it's, 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 you know, I don't think it makes you less of a man or less of a person or a woman or whatever to, to try to get your family back, you know? I mean, this, this shit is real, man. This life is real out here. And and people start to, you know, sometimes people take things for granted when they're in front of their face mm-hmm. and maybe not realize the value until until it's gone. And I, and I you know, maybe that's what part of what's going on here as well. Um, but I don't really like to see people out there who are hurting, publicly hurting based on a relationship or wanting their family back. Cause I just know how much it takes to to build a family and, and to, to raise kids and um and the energy and effort it takes to to kind of even mentally get in that space so you know i I hate to see it but hopefully it works out for him all right fingers crossed she hasn't said anything as of of yet but like you said we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. like they could be living together right now for all we know yeah (laughs) it could be a publicity stunt there's all kinds of stuff i'm not saying it is but like you know i think people get too involved in these celebrity relationships Mm-hmm. Um, when they don't know these people, you know what I mean? And they care too much. I'm not saying you can't have an opinion and all that type of stuff. We talk about pop culture. That's cool. But I think people get way too involved with this stuff and without really knowing the details. You know what? Sometimes I think the celebrities want us to get super invested into it sometimes. Yeah, it's part of the business for some of them, you know what I mean? And who they're dating and what situations going on. And they stage situations. I know the gang. They stage situations and, you know, they know if they're about to drop an album, about to release a movie or whatever, whatever they can do to get people to get attention on them. Some some of them will do. So that's the other thing. I try not to fall for some of that stuff, too, and just let the smoke clear before I before I invest any type of energy into some of these things. OK, so yeah. um, one last highlight. Well, there was two more, but I really want to get to one. So I don't know if you saw the meme, but it was basically a Pusha T and it was like, oh, he's probably at home, like feeling some type of way, punching a wall because Drake and Kanye pretty much mended their relationship. So like, what are your thoughts on, okay, say like you had a situation like that to where you were beefing with somebody, you and your homeboy, and then they end up getting back cool. Like, I know it's probably different in the music industry, but like, it's gotta be like a, a fine line or something like that. So what do you yeah. think? Well, I think it's, it's, it's so there's got to be an understanding. I mean, I, I heard somebody say the other day, like, your enemy is, if I'm friends with you, your enemy is my enemy or something like that, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, if, if there's, and that's why I think behind the scenes, the understanding a lot of times is important. So I, I'm just going to approach this from based on what we know. And like you said, if it was me in a situation like this, 
I'd be salty. I'd be super salty. Like, listen, <laughs> you and I, we from a such and such, you know, as a result of things that you even told me that like you even instigated. And then all of a sudden behind my back, assuming this is behind his back, behind my back, you go and, you know, make amends with that person and then go off in the public and let people know that makes me look like a salty bitch. You know what I mean? It makes me look like a punk. It makes me look like I'm weak or I don't have any juice or like I was just being bitter and salty, you know? So I think that that was, uh, that, that situation would, would really, really annoy me. I think the other thing that it does too is, you know, unfortunately for him, maybe is it makes it reminds him like, listen, you're, you're dope, but you're not on their level, right? This is, this is, this is, these are two guys that are far above you in the, in the pantheon. And not that you're not dope, but these guys are. And so, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you know, you're punching up, you know, and you gotta realize like, oh, wow. Okay. I might have to fall back here because this is, this is some, about something bigger than me about, you know, like then two are, it's like Michael Jackson and Prince are beefing. Right. And then there's like, uh, uh who, who was even be relevant back then? Um, I don't know, some other art, lesser artist beefing. And then Michael Jackson and Prince decided to get together. It's like, all right, well, look, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a wake up call too, also um, for me. And a lot of times, you know, I, I don't get in a lot of beefs just generally in my life. Not just, I'm not just talking about hip hop, I'm just talking about in general. There are very few people I ever beef with. But if I am beefing with somebody, I, I want to make sure that I'm, I feel like I'm standing on very solid ground, right? And I believe in what I believe in. So that way, if something like this ever does happen, it's like, all right, well, then fuck both of them. Excuse me, am I allowed to, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse. Okay, then fuck both of them. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm very principled in what it is. What they did to me was shady. I'll, ne I'll never not think it's shady just because, some you know, you went and kicked it with them again and talked to them again and made up. And I'm cool being over here by myself. You know what I mean? And so, you know, so that's why I don't, I don't like to get, especially the industry beast, because this stuff happens all the time. Like, oh, such and such, not messing with such and such. Right. You know, I get on a record with somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you never know, like, what's really going on behind the scenes. And so, um, so that's why I try to stay out of stuff. I don't like to team up on people and do all that dumb shit. Like, if my beef is with you, it's with you. And right. I'm, if you guys get back together, cool. It doesn't matter to me. I'm still standing where I'm standing. You know what? Honestly, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking... Pusha T, Drake, and Kanye reminds me of like a baby mom, baby dad relationship. Like they're into it, the baby mom, baby dad into it. And then they call the brother. He comes, beats up the baby dad. They get back together. And now it's like. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and that's the thing, too, is you never know. But you also never know, like, what was happening behind the scenes. Was he invited potentially and decided he didn't want to come? That's you know, was he was he cut out completely? You know, was he, if he was cut out, was he cut out because one of them said, hey, cut him out, or the other one said, hey, cut him. I mean, we don't really know. That's why it's just like, I mean, it's cool to speculate and stuff like that, but you just don't, you don't really know. So until he comes out and says something, uh, which he may never do, who knows what the situation really is, you know? Yeah. And he's really, I feel like he's not super confrontational. Like anytime he throws a diss, it's usually in music, but besides that, he's not like in the tabloids or anything. So, well, now the heavy hitters are involved. You know what I mean? Like when, once Jay Prince is involved, now you're talking about, you know, the, a different level, right? So this isn't just about. Hot dog. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, you got to be ready for something else if that's, that's the direction you want to go. So. Okay, so we're gonna fast forward to some new school. Yeah. I don't know what to say about this new generation. 
I'm just along for the ride as a spectator and a music lover. So um, NBA Youngboy was in all of the blogs <laughs> for the past couple days with a face full of makeup. And he said that wearing makeup, it looks kind of emo to me. It was like emo, like Lil Uzi type vibes. Yeah. Um, he was saying that he feels more comfortable wearing makeup. So like, are you cool with like the direction that the new artists are going in versus how music first started off with like super gangsta, super thugged out? Like, yeah, I think it's like weird. Like what's going on? I mean, I, cool with it, I think is a, is a, is not really the right terminology for me. It's, it, is it my cup of tea? No. Is it how I get down? No. Is it how I'll, you know, you know, like, is that what I promote personally? Nah. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think there's a value in people being their authentic self and, and whatever that means. Um, and sometimes people go through different phases as well. And, and I just think about when I was younger, not that I was ever wearing makeup or anything like that, but there's different phases that I went through that I was younger, um, dyeing my hair or, you know, wearing earrings or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, baggy clothes, whatever it was like, um, and just thinking about how that would have played out publicly if everybody was to see every single phase that I had gone through what they would necessarily think about me. So I try not to get involved in that type of stuff too much in terms of in terms of judging. Um, I also know that, you know, society is different now, you know, and society is um, more accepting of certain things. And also, um, you know, people feel like the ability to be more expressive and, um, and not be necessarily one thing or the other thing. And, and in a lot of ways, to me, that side of it, I think is good, right? Because I think that a lot of the stuff that we were seeing growing up, um, you know, wasn't real. People were suppressing who they actually were because of the way society treated them. It's kind of like reminds me of when people say, oh, you know, back in the day, you know, uh, with our grandparents, their age, you know, they used to stick out relationships and they used to, you know, they used to fight through it and they'd be together 50 years. And I'm like, yeah, because you guys wouldn't allow women to work. You guys wouldn't allow women to have their own resources or their own voice or whatever. So, yeah, a lot of them stayed because they had to stay and they were being abused and nobody was doing anything about it. Don't tell me it's because just back in the day, it was everything was everyone was just willing to grind harder. Yeah, in some situations, but nah, it's also like the reality, the reality when people are not su suppressed and oppressed, you're going to see a kind of different reality. And I feel like that's just ultimately what we're seeing. And it's not just in hip hop. So um, that's that's kind of my take on it. OK, so to um, I guess to furthermore um, get into it, do you think that they're a little harder on hip hop artists than they are any other genre? Because like with rock and pop and country, they pretty much do whatever they want image wise. But when it comes to hip hop, I feel like they do kind of like box you in. Like, and if you do this, like something's not right with you. Like you're messing up the brand, you're messing up our history. Yeah. Um, well, I, think the, I think the gatekeepers and the people that care and the commentators are different in each genre, right? So if you look at rock or whatever, those, I mean, in the eighties, those dudes were, were, had their hair long. Almost all of them were wearing hair that look, they look like women and Kiss and all these guys were wearing makeup that they've been doing that. Like that's not new, you know, even talk about Prince and, you know, he, he was wearing high heels and like, the, yeah. so that type of thing has been done. And Uzi kind of fits in that lane of feeling like he's a rock star and he's like, well, this is what Prince did. And like, so what's the big deal? I think the the bigger issue um, that you touched on is kind of like our community, the black community and how we view some of th these things and how we, you know, our commentary on some of these things. I think we don't care so much what's happening in the, in the rock and country and stuff like that. I think we care more about hip hop and potentially the influence 
that we feel like it's having on the young young people and our youth. And I think that's a lot of times where a lot of this stuff is being evaluated from the perspective. So if you have very strong views or you know negative views on how men should present themselves versus how women should present themselves or um, yeah, then you're gonna have real strong views about what you're seeing currently in hip hop. And so that's what I think. I think our community um, is generally kind of less, we're very concerned, we're, we're, we're conservative when it comes to expression right what's 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 uh acceptable with our level with our types of expression and so i think that's a lot of the reason why um when you say people are harder on us i think it's our community specifically that's that's just harder on those type of things um than maybe maybe some other communities might be i agree because i feel like if he was to go out there and be amongst you know a whole different group of people they would just be like all right cool you know i'm gonna try that next week yeah it's like yeah i i get it i get why you know it's like what are you doing like are they conditioning you to do this i know that's been a lot of concern with them conditioning our black men to um do these things that we wouldn't typically do as far as image wise um but then on the other hand it's like like you said like uzi being expressive future he's like you know Jimi hendrix Right. Um, like we have a lot of artists that are not the typical artists and like we really rock with it. But as soon as someone else new comes out and does it, it's like, yeah, what's going yeah. on? I, <laughs> yeah. cloned. It's always cloned. Was he cloned in prison? Right. Yeah. There, there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there, too. You know, I know a lot of people who feel like what they're seeing now is, is a function of, you know, a, a, of a plan that people behind the scenes have put together to try to either, you know, de you know de emasculate us or you know you know make us more feminine or you know things like that i mean i i don't i don't necessarily buy into that conspiracy um but you know i do think that you know ultimately you know we should encourage people to kind of be who they are um and you know on the i guess the unfortunate thing for some people with that is that they're going to be things that people don't like. They're going to see things that they don't like, you know, if that's, if that's ultimately true. Um, is there a line? I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if there, I mean, I don't know if, if there is a line, I don't know what it is, you know, but. I don't know what it is at this point either. It keeps yeah. changing. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, exactly. Like we're here and then it's like, all right, well, this is appropriate. Now it's like, uh, painting the nails. Well, such and such, you yeah, it's, yeah, you know, and I do think I do think that the the hardest thing for me as a parent is to figure out what is okay for my son to see and learn at what age. What is it that he, you know, and how do I help guide? First of all, he doesn't have to listen to any of that music, right? If I'm, you know, so it's not like I have to expose him to that. But I'm just saying, like, what is the line? Because I remember when I was growing up, I remember it was a big deal if you even said butt or something like that on TV. Now you can say ass and you can say bitch and you can, on TV, on regular TV, yep. if you saw like the side of somebody's leg, it was like, oh my God. Now you, you see like ass cheeks on, on regular TV. So it's like everything, a lot of things have changed. Society has changed in terms of what we deem to be acceptable. And, um, and so that's the hardest thing for me as a parent is trying to figure out, okay, what's the balance between you know, how I grew up, which isn't really the world that we're in now, um, versus what the world that we are in now and preparing them for, for that world. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, for me, that's, that's, that's one of the questions in terms of finding out the line of things and what's age appropriate 
um, what is he capable of understanding, right? And, and all of those different types of things. So that that is where things become very difficult for me with this kind of, with the way kind of society is moving. Yeah, you definitely got to try to monitor what they're listening to. And you know mm -hmm. what? I'm pretty sure you watched this movie. You watched Shrek, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I remember it was a line and he was like, well, I got to watch my ass. He was talking yeah. about Dungy but being an ass, but it's, right. like, it's a kid's movie. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then now I got to explain for t another 10 hours what, what he meant by that when I get home. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like. He's like, well, I, can I say it? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's the thing about society. Like I, I, I think, I think, hip hop in some ways is mirroring what we're mirroring what we're seeing in society, and um, not necessarily the other way around. Um, and so, you know, these are things that we're, you know, we we as a society have to kind of are going to have to understand and try to understand and try to try to deal with and navigate um, with or without the music being part of it being involved. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. I got kids. I'm here. And I mean, as far as like me being into music, like it is, it's confusing because it's like, okay, is this the new wave? Is this just a phase there? Because we go through many phases, like the baggy mm -hmm. jeans, the see-through forces, like right. jerseys, like we've yeah. been through so many phases and it's like, yeah. is this a phase or is like this the new wave of people basically expressing themselves? So mm -hmm. I guess kind of just sit back and just See how it all unfolds honestly. Yeah. yeah. And then you and then also it's there's there's a, a lot of artists that are out there that are not doing that. A ton. Okay. Probably more. So it's just kind of a just different way that people are expressing now. Um and sometimes people overemphasize when they see things one or two times, they start to say, Oh, everybody's doing this. Like, well, actually everybody's not. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a couple people, you know. Um, so that's the other thing too. Okay, so I did want to get your opinion on, uh, it's the end of the year, finally, it's December, ready for it to be over, but we've had a lot of music this year. Mm -hmm. so, with all of the albums that you have listened to collectively, who, yeah. who's put up for album of the year? It could be R&B and it could be hip hop. Yeah, I think... Uh... Uh -oh. My favorite album this year, it, it was actually Nas's King's Disease, too. I, right. did, I, just, I mean, I, I, first of all, I'm a big Nas fan from growing up. and um, But, you know, over the last, like, decade or so, I'm still a Nas fan, but it wasn't like he wasn't moving me crazy like he used to. And but with this New York, right? What do you say? From New York. Yeah, no, I'm from here, but I lived in New York for 20 okay. years. So, so, you got so I, background. Okay. Yeah. So I said I met Nas before, spent time with him, talking to him, and and um, you know, so I met you know a lot of the rapper, a lot of the New York rappers, Jay, Fifty, Ja Rule. I met all of them, and um, so I do feel somewhat connected to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not just gonna grade it highly just because it's Nas. You know, what I mean, I'm still listening to enjoy and listening critically, and he just, I mean, he killed that i mean you just put that joint in and just let it play all the way so that's my favorite that's my favorite album um there's some other good albums um but that, that one to me was the one that just i mean i could play it non-stop and and just and they i probably won't for it it was like an instant classic to me for sure so did you like the fact that he kind of switched it up a little bit with the beats since he got a new producer like yeah i did and that's and honestly like i didn't really miss listen to nas I really yeah. think he was never in my top five. I've always been honest about that. 
Yeah. So this album, I'm like, oh yeah, I can get into this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he the thing I love about it, it's very diverse. He, you know, he he had the old school with Lauren Hill. Then he had some new stuff. Uh, I think with maybe YG and maybe some of the younger rappers and mm-hmm. um, and all of it is fire. So the songs that he had with Lauren was fire. Then he had uh, um, the that brunch song, which was fire. Sundays, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he had uh, he had a, another song, which is like a club song. I can't remember the one. I'm, uh, it's like an acronym is the name of the song. I can't remember it, but I think like what well, maybe YG. I think YG is on it. But like he he really had is diverse, so it's like it's not like the same type of song. Right. He mixed the old school with the new school. And just it's just and then he was rapping his ass off. That's the other thing too. I mean, Nas is rapping his ass off, you know. So and he was he was flowing according to what the beat was like. Just it was just it was just it was just perfect. And it just I think to make an album like that at that age, at this time period, you have to be you have to be a genius, right? You can't it can't happen by accident. It can't happen just because you're talented and stuff. It happens because you really have your pulse on music in terms of the history, the present and the future. Mm-hmm. You really have the relationships that are necessary from the production and engineering and the features um, and then the understanding of the sounds, right? What what are the sounds that people are responding to? And then the content, you know, like the brunch on Sundays, that's a genius song. That's like a song that will be played at every brunch on Sundays forever. It's like a genius song to write. And it has a very, you know, there's a niche market for a song like that. Mm-hmm. As a songwriter, those are the type of things that I think about. Like, okay, it's just like when so Make It Rain came out, I'm like, okay, that's club anthem for uh, strip club anthem forever. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so that's that's part of why to me it was just so great. It's just, it's from the, you know, obviously sonically, but just all that type of stuff too. So, you know, I like, um, I had talked to a few other guests about this Nas album, which was, I would say, one of the biggest talks of the year, honestly. Yeah. One thing that you pointed out that nobody else pointed out was the fact that he has his ear on the past, present, and like the future. Like mm-hmm. most people who have are veterans in the game, like they don't really keep up with the new school. Like they might yeah. get a new feature from like a new artist to put on the right. song, but as far as being able to have a type of sound that goes with today's generation and they can, yes. you know, it doesn't take away from his type of, like the artist that he is. Like it didn't sound forced. No, it no, no, it didn't. It sounded very authentically him. And, you know, Snoop has been able to do it. Jay's been able to do it. Um, and, Drake, obviously, he's not as old as them, but he's also been able to do it. But it's harder for a lot of the older artists to actually do that, you know, because there's a, and and like you said, and have it still sound authentic and not forced, right? It's very hard. That's why I say it's like genius level ability to do it um, and to still kind of stay on topic and talk about the things that you care about, but also make sure that you're giving a nod to the next generation. I think it's, I think it's fire. And Nas is a cool dude anyway, too. So he's just naturally cool. You know what I mean? So. Like everything, yeah, absolutely. Know, like, <laughs> yeah. and that's how he is. That's how he's always been, and that's how he'll always be. That's him. So, is that your favorite? That's your favorite rapper. Favorite? No, rapper? Uh, Pac is still my favorite. Um, but Pac, yeah. So I say, if I'm my, my top five is probably Pac, DMX, mm-hmm. Nas, Busta Rhymes, mm. and then the fifth one is tough. It's probably Andre Three Thousand. Fifth one, I can never figure out my. If I was Andre three thousand, yes, um, which is crazy because you know I love Ludacris, I love Jay, I love Biggie, you know, I, yeah, I love other 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 artists, I love Drake, I respect Drake, all that, but I think those those would probably be my top five. Those are, and those are that top five is also because those are the ones that had 
such a huge influence on me in terms of the artist that, that I am and that I became. Um, so that's also part of why my list is what it is too. Okay, so why Buster? He's somebody new that I've been I've been hearing it a couple times, but not too often. So why yeah. is he one of your favorites? You know, his energy. So I'm, you know, you mentioned earlier um, that I do a lot of anthems. And so, you know, to do anthems, you, you have to have energy, you know, um, and Busta was a big time energy rapper growing up. He was the energy rapper, you know, and um, so stylistically, I really loved his energy. I loved his flow, his talent, what he represented, his kind of positive um spin even when he was doing kind of hardcore stuff it was still like you didn't think he was gonna come shoot your face off you know what i mean like yeah right exactly <laughs> and so and he smiled a lot people said that i reminded them them of him stylistically sound wise even my smile stuff like that so i think that was kind of a part of it too um but i just i just i just loved what he represented back then growing up in terms of in terms of the energy and style being authentic and who he is, um, he's the only one that looked like him, you know, with the long hair and the way he dressed and stuff like that. He was the only one in the game that looked like that at the time. And um, yeah, he was just a legend, you know? And then also watching the respect that he got from other artists, you know, a lot of times that tells a story too, you know? Um, like if you hear about like the way people talk about Redman or Method Man or, you know, some of these artists, or Big L, some of these artists that we don't put necessarily, and we put them in the top, but not like top, top. Right. Um, it makes you have a new appreciation, newfound appreciation for some of them too. And so, um, you know, and then also hearing about like how they earned their stripes. They were young. These dudes were young, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. A lot of the artists back in the day were super young coming up in the game. Yeah. And they had to, and the things that they had to do back then are way different than what they do now. You couldn't just make a song and go throw it on YouTube. Right. You had to go from, yeah, hood to hood and battle other artists. You know, you had to go and freestyle for 10 minutes in front of a DJ, you know, like all the, you don't have to do that stuff anymore. All those guys went through all of that. So I, I just, I'm still partial to that era. Okay, okay. Yeah. So before I let you go, I do have a game for you to play real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's called A Pair of Lips Will Say Anything. It's different, it's like different variations of the same game. Okay. So with yours, yours is a little different than what I did in the past with the other people. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw out a letter and I want you to tell me the first artist that comes to mind. I'm going to give you five letters. Okay. All right. F. Lauren Hill. No, F. Oh, F. Wow. <laughs> oh, um, jeez. Uh, Fredro Starr. That's crazy. <laughs> Like you want it to be like the first one that like literally pops into my head, right? That pops up, yeah. Okay. I was thinking um um Fergie. No, not Fergie. Uh ASAP Ferg. Oh, okay. That's A, I'll be cheating. Okay. okay. Um C. Um woo, the clips. Clips, okay. B. Beyonce. Give me one more B. That was too easy. Um Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Mm -hmm. Okay. K. Um, K. Michelle. <laughs> I was, you know what? I was gonna cheat again. I was thinking Killer Cam, even though uh, that ain't really his. Yeah, I'm with K. Michelle. Um, I guess if I could think of another one, Lil Kim. Lil Kim. Yeah, Kim. Right. That even though that's A. Okay, I'm gonna let you right. fly with that. Fly with that one. Okay. All right, let's do one more. Let's say G. 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 
Mm. Uh, Gunna. Gunna. Okay, I was thinking G Herbo. Okay, yeah. And I like Gunna. You like Gunna? Yeah, I like Gunna. Gunna, Lil Baby, um, if, you know, the younger generation, those are the the two that I like probably. I don't want to say the most, but those are two that definitely stand out. I'm a Lil Baby fan. I say every podcast episode, I think he's up next. Yeah. My guy. Yeah. A lot of potential in him. Yeah, he has a lot of potential. Smart dude, too. He is. And I like the fact that he's trying to stay out. I feel like he's trying to stay out of trouble. Yeah, he is. The right thing, but stuff just kind of keep happening. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you're that young and you're that famous and that rich and you're a target and, you know, you're trying to navigate the industry and make relationships. Um, You know, sometimes people that people, you know, that you're around can get you jammed up. You know, that's that was one of the things I learned early on in this game is, you know, it's not just about what you, who you are and what you do and what you stand for, but also the people you're around and what they do and who they are and what they stand for. You know, I've been in studio situations where all of a sudden, you know, there's beef outside because of someone else that's in there and it had nothing to do with me. You know, I'm like, shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it's, it's a crazy game to navigate. Um, and that's why I respect Lil Baby because I think from like you said, from his point of view, I think he's just, he wants to do the right thing. You know, he also has a bigger purpose in this music thing than just making money. And so um, I think that's how you become a legend ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Young, so yeah. His whole life to, you know, kind of figure it out. So yeah. you your fans with one thing of inspiration, with one quote uh, of inspiration, what would it be? Um, I would say, you know, just don't allow people to put you in a box and define uh, what success means for yourself. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, society or family or whatever kind of defines what success means for us. And so then we're always kind of striving for that. Right. But a lot of times that's not that definition of success is not what's going to lead to happiness. The, the true happiness is going to come when you reach a level of success um, based on your definition of what success means. So um, try to figure out what success means to you and then go fight for that. Okay, so what success means to you? I like that. Get that you should get that tattoo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining me. And one more time, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, Mecca Don Music, M-E-K-K-A-D-O-N Music. That's on Twitter, Amazon, wherever you listen to your music. And then still dope merchandise. Don't forget shop.mechadonmusic.com. And for the end of the year, we have a 20% off everything special. Uh, the code is BYE2021, by 2021. So grab some of that. You know. on social media. Yes. What you doing on TikTok? Let me find out you on there. Barely, barely. I just, I have an account <laughs> like 50 followers or something like that. I don't really do much on there, but, um, but maybe one day, maybe one day I'll turn up on there real quick. I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm like, you did your TikTok yet? You gotta just dance. Yeah, I need to get my TikTok more popping. So if you got some idea, let me know. Will do. And as always, you guys can find me at a Paralypse Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at a Paralypse Pod on Twitter. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll see you guys soon. Keep working hard, Mecca. They see you, they see us. I love to see it. Our time is now. I was born in 1937. I've seen it all. There aren't many like us. We still dope. We still dope. We still dope. Still dope. Still dope. It's real dope. Knocking out your speakers, cause I'm still dope. Still dope.
still dope. We been dope. Knocking out your speakers. We been passed up and on purpose. Told us all that we worthless. Ain't good enough for that board rules. You only good enough for that circus. Better jump high, better run fast, better rap good, better kiss ass. We in fields and courts. Damn, what a game from the field to court. This an eerie sport. Break the chains, keep the faith, read a book, change your name, beat the odds, change the game. Do the knowledge, then make it rain. I said, break the chains, keep the faith, read a book, change your name, beat the odds, change the game. Do the knowledge, then make it Still dope. Still dope. It's real dope. Knocking out your speakers, cause I'm still dope. Still dope. Being dope. Flat without no features. I, 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 We still dope. Real life chat foes. We heroes, man. We still dope. Still dope. We been dope. Knocking out your speakers. Slave hard for that dough. Came around for that go. But you getting rich and I'm afraid it's all for that show Dudes paid and they been paid Who's all I could see say I'm draped up in that intake Can't tell me nothing, my rent's paid Mortgage too, but can't mortgage futures Gotta do it all like Kama Sutra Listen real close, who they call a loser They be hating on you while they spying to you You're still dope, but they lying to you This boss status, you can build your own It don't matter much if they don't hire you if they don't hire you, we gon' maintain Bang, bang this game's changed, the whole family on like that Wayne's gang I mean the real, real, lame's lame So smart, need my brain frame So dope, need my name changed You B's getting my A game See that? A game Still dope It's real dope Knocking out your speakers cause I'm Still dope Still dope Being dope Flat without no features I, 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 I. We still dope Real life chat bows, we heroes, man, we still dope, still dope, we been dope, knocking out your speakers, ah.